Hello. This is Douglas. I dreamt I went to the opera dressed only in my Dobitex medical cummerbund, Smith. Uh, for the next half hour, we invite you to turn down the lights, roll back the carpet, strip down the walls, fill in the cracks, upholster the settee, shampoo the dog, put out the cat, wax polish your granny. <laughs> in fact, do anything rather than listen to Round the Hall. Well, hello, that was Douglas Smith, who'd like to clear something up. <laughs> and so he should, he spilled it after all. Now, today, as everybody knows, is Festoon and Gnome with Bacon Rind Day. <laughs> and to mark the occasion, London is in festive mood. Now, at Algert, there's an exhibition of chicken trembling <laughs> given by the Labrador Grove Buddhist girl Pipers. At Chiswick Bars, there's the washroom attendant's annual flannel dance and Zabaglioni show. There's Barrister nudging at Q, and the two-man inter-rabbi bobsled championships will be held, as usual, down the escalators at Leicester Square Tube Station. That, of course, is weather and uh, platform tickets permitting. But I myself will head for the Muffin Mongers Hall, which, as you know, is in Cheapside, where the over-80s nudist glee club are holding their bring-and-buy sale. <laughs> now, I'm interested in not so much what they bring as what they bring it in. <laughs> so, Smith, make the announcement, will you, yes, please? And now, Armpit Theatre presents a story of the heyday of the Edwardian Music Hall, The Phantom of Bogmouth Hip. <laughs> My name is C.B. Throbwalloper. I'm a theatrical impresario. My theatre was the Bogmouth Hippodrome. But what in 1910 was a thriving music hall is now a supermarket. And it's sad, really, to think that in the spot where a little titch once danced, there's now tuppence off liver sausage. <laughs> and that if Harry Lorder were alive, he'd be singing a wee Doc and Doris on the bacon slicer. <laughs> But in 1910, variety was booming, and every evening I would go backstage and stand in the wings, encouraging the chorus girls before they went on. Evening, Gladys. Good, eh, Mr. Throbwalloper. <laughs> good evening, Marjorie. Good, ah, Mr. Throbwalloper. Uh, good evening, Bubbles. Good, oh, oh, hey, watch it, matey. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. O'Croyd. It's uh, terribly dark back here. How's the show going? Oh, very well, Mr. Throbwalloper. The amazing Grotty and his educated Alsatian Baldwin are on now. Listen. Tell me, tell me, will I warm in shipmates or mine? Oh, not very good, really. Well, no, sir, but it's not bad for a dog. No. Uh, <laughs> oh. Look, uh, he's going to do his trick now. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Baldwin, the almost human canine, will give a little demonstration of... Stop it, Baldwin. <laughs> of canine acumen and calculated... Stop it, Baldwin. Bad <laughs> doggy. I hold up my Baldwin dancer. <laughs> hold up my hand and... Baldwin, you got it. Baldwin will tell me the number of fingers I'm holding up. 
Are you ready, Baldwin? <laughs> How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> I'm holding up four. <laughs> yes, quite right, Baldwin. It is three. <laughs> Now, come back here, Baldwin, you... Well, now, who's next? Oh, Sid and Elsie Hookstable. Oh, yes, in Neddy the Pantomime Horse. That always goes well. The kiddies love it. Heavens, Neddy's exploded. The entire back has been ripped off. Quick, bring down the curtain. We all rushed to the horse and unzipped the skin, but it was too late. Sid Huxtable had perished. Miraculously, Elsie, although suffering from shock and slightly charred, was in one piece. Oh, what happened, Miss Elsie? I don't know. One minute we was trotting round doing our equestrian gavotte, with Sid in the back as usual reading the paper. <laughs> then he lit his pipe and suddenly bang! He was heading for the last round-up. Yes, by the roof. I can't understand it. He's never gone off like that before. I lit his pipe, you say. Hmm. Hmm. That's odd. Uh, Oakcroft. Oh, yes, sir. Put your head in that skin now. What do you make of it? Oh, it smells like a mixture of old Hobson's curly cut and uh, gas. Precisely, gas. Somebody filled the skin with gas. Now... Didn't you realise, Mrs Huxtable? At the front, you don't know what's going on. <laughs> besides, I... <laughs> besides, I get plenty of fresh air through the nostrils. <laughs> oh, could have done this terrible thing. Well, I don't know. I'll have a word with lovable old Pop, the stage doorkeeper. See if he noticed anything unusual this evening. Uh, Pop! Yes, yes, Mr. Throbwalloper. Sid Huxtable has gone, Pop. Yes, I heard him, yes. <laughs> That's the 70th fatal accident this week, and it's only Tuesday. No. <laughs> Something tells me it's more than a coincidence, uh, lovable old Pop. It, lovable, yes. Yes, it looks, uh, <laughs> it looks like the work of a maniac. Uh, what does? This script, however... <laughs> Look at the way they've died. Now, first house Monday, we discovered that Nosbo, the India rubber man, had perished. Perished? Yes. <laughs> we found him stretched out from here to Walthamstow. Oh. Second house, the death-defying McWhirters failed to live up to their bill matter. Uh. And tiny Tim Gruber, the mannequin of mirth, was found impaled on a paperclip. Oh. And oh. now poor Sid Huxtable's gone. Gone. Yes. Gone. Who could have done such a terrible thing? Who could have done it, you may well ask. Old Pop knows a thing or two. It's no good you asking, old Pop. Because old Pop ain't talking. There's no flies on old Pop. Ah, ah, old Pop will carry the secret to his grave. Old Pop will... Ah, 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 
I killed them all. I admit it, I confess, I killed Nosmo and the flying Mawertas and Tiny Tim Gruber and I blew up Sea Duxtable. And I'm glad, I tell you, glad! And they won't be the last! I'll kill you all! <laughs> I think he knows more than he is saying. <laughs> As the week progressed, we awaited each day with trepidation. Every performance brought a new disaster. On Wednesday, it was Enrico Nerds, the basso profundo. Down among the dead men, let me... Oh, on Thursday, Kardinsky, the prestidigitator. Had you this paper bag is completely empty, and yet from thin hair I produce the Jacobites, the Telespades, the Queen of Diamonds, a live hand grenade, the two of clubs, the three of a live hand grenade. No, I wonder that I. On Friday, it was for Zachary and Pubes, crosstalk comedians. Ladies and gentlemen, a little recitation entitled Dick Turpin's Right to York. It was a dark and stormy night when Dickie's bested man. Yeah, yeah, well, I say, I say, I say. I do like conundrums. Yes, I like conundrums. Well then, what is it that's long, black and shiny with poisonous fangs? I don't know. What is it that's long, black and shiny with poisonous fangs? It's a black member. A black member? I don't get it. Well, you soon will. One's just crawling up your trouser leg. <laughs> no question of that. Kindly leave the stage. Ladies and gentlemen, a little monologue entitled Dick Turpin's Ride to Yo! <laughs> On Saturday, it was the turn of Sunny Goat Practice, VAF, the Lady Ventriloquist Extraordinaire. Now, tell me, Johnny, what did you learn at school today? I learned to say my alphabet. You learned to say your alphabet? Yes. Would you like to say it now? Yes. Very good. And while little Johnny is saying his alphabet, I will smoke this cigarette and drink this glass of mm, prussic acid. <laughs> like me, I've been poisoned. And that night after the curtain came down, I stayed behind in the empty theatre, engaged in the usual duties of a busy theatre manager, falsifying the returns, embezzling <laughs> the petty cash and stealing the soap. Perhaps I would find some clue to the mysterious events of the past week in the theatre archives. I sat there, leafing through some faded, yellowing chorus girls. When I heard a noise backstage, I decided to investigate. I crept stealthily onto the darkened stage. Hello, anybody there? Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. No, no, not yet. You're not on to the second half. Oh, oh, sorry, we spoke. Come on, Julian, let's go back to the pub. Yes. What was that? It was us, Ken. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, it was you, Braden, was it? <laughs> Thank heavens for the moment. I thought it was the maniac. Come to think of it, I think I'd feel safer if it was. <laughs> And suddenly I saw him pop. 
So it was you, Pop. Don't pop me. Well, I hadn't intended to. You'll have to do it yourself. But you've killed over 80 people. Now, why? Why? You're mad. Far from mad, Mr. Throb Walloper. Far from it. Well, not that far. I commute. Well, what was your motive for committing these crimes? I worked it all out, you see. I am in line for the throne. You? Yes. There's only 23,846,904 people standing between me and the throne of England. When I've killed them all, I shall be queen. (laughs) Yes. Ah, yes. And then... Aha! And then, when I am the queen, I shall be able to get in up the cup final for nothing. (laughs) You fiend, you won't get away with it. I won't! I chased him across the stage and into the auditorium. He tried to elude me, but eventually I nabbed him in the stalls. We grappled. <laughs> the fight was on. Take that thump. Run. Take that splat. Groan. Take that kapow. Run. Whimper. Boing. Groan. Whap. Bow. Ping. 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 Yeah. My braces are... <laughs> yes, ping. My braces are snapped. That's why. Oh. oh, well, I know when I'm beaten, I give up. <laughs> Take him away. You're under arrest. You can't do this to me. I am an incipient queen. I'm an... <laughs> you can't do this to me. No, no, no. And the poor quivering wreck was led away to a place where he could do no harm. A home for distressed gentlefolk, or, as it's better known, the BBC Television Centre. (laughs) He was set to work on simple tasks that his poor, fuddled mind could grasp, and he's now the producer of Till Death Us Do Part. (laughs) Well, if it's not him, it's somebody very much like him. And so, from one tragedy to another, here are the Fraser Hayes Four. And you may notice they sing a little flat. Well, where they come from, they're not allowed anything sharp. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the Fraser Hayes Four. On the other side of the tracks, that's where I'm going to be. On the other side of that great divide between fame and fortune and me. Gonna put my shadows behind me, give my inhibitions the axe. And tomorrow morning you'll find me on the other side of the tracks. On the other side of that line, where life is fancy and free. Gonna sit and fan on my fat divan while the butler buttons the tea. But for now I'm facing the fences, and I can't afford to relax. The whole caboodle commences on the other side of the tracks. So I'm up and running over the rail. I'm going gunning after the quail. Up and running, send me the mail to the great big world on the other side. The great big world on the farther side. The great big world on the other side of the tracks. On the other side of that great divide, that's where I'm going to be. On the other side of that great big line Where the light is meant to be But for now I'm facing the fences And I can't afford to relax When the whole caboodle commences On the other side of the track So I'm off and running over the rail I'm going gunning after the quail 
Colour supplement. Woman's page, and here is Daphne Whitethigh to answer some of your personal queries. First, I'd like to answer a question that comes from Mrs. J.P. of Aldershot. Now, I realise that a mole on your hip is an unsightly thing, but don't worry. My opinion is that the mole is only hibernating, and uh, <laughs> he'll go back to the garden when the fine weather comes. Next is a letter from Mrs. Upjohn of Reigate, who complains that every night she's woken up by the screaming habdabs. What I would suggest is the next time it happens, you hammer on the wall and tell Mr. and Mrs. Habdab to shut up. <laughs> Finally, I have a letter from Worried of Hampstead, who wants to know how to acquire that fashionable, wide-eyed look. The answer is simple. Wear very tight corsets. <laughs> yes, thank you, Daphne. And I think I'll take your advice. Now, um, <laughs> once again, it's time for our on-the-spot report from the Sunday Night TV personality, Seamus Android. Hello. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now then. <laughs> well, that's enough of me. <laughs> Well, I know you're dying to meet my first guest, so I'll just get on with boring you myself for the next two hours. In person, personally, myself, instead. All right. Uh, now, <laughs> it's, often, it's often been said, uh, and I'd be the last to. <laughs> as I have been. Many times before, and so there's nothing I can do. And with that, good night. Well, thank you. Yes, thank you, Seamus Android, a man of few words. The words being... Well, no, hello. All right. <laughs> and this week, the Round the Horn colour supplement takes a look at the Englishman and money. Now, when you do have money, the first thing you should do is to insure yourself against losing it. Mind you, some policies are more useful than others. I myself have a policy which matures in the event of my being eaten alive by whelks on Shrove Tuesday. <laughs> And if this does happen, my wife receives a lump sum of 17 and 6 and a glossy calendar depicting the man from the Prue riding his bike in the nude. <laughs> Admittedly, insurance companies take risks and Lloyds of London will insure anything. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I'd like to take out some insurance. Life? No, me legs. Your legs? No, I want to insure them against theft or flood. Flood? Yeah, I've got a hole in my boot. <laughs> yes, well, how much were you thinking of insuring them for? Well, I thought a million pounds a leg. That's, let me see, that's three million pounds. No. <laughs> no. No, 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 it's two, two. Uh, yes, I was counting my umbrella. <laughs> Two million 
pounds isn't that rather excessive? Well, Miss Dan getting short her legs for a million, so mine must be worth double. I mean, they're twice as thick for a start. <laughs> and much hairier. Yeah. Besides, I've got valuable tattoos up my legs. I've got the hunt in full cry streaming up my left leg. <laughs> Hunting full cry. Yeah. Where's the fox? No, no, don't. But uh, what makes you think your legs are worth that kind of money? They're essential to my livelihood. Why? What do you do? I trip women up and run off with their handbags. <laughs> money plays an important part in every aspect of our lives. To the gambler, it's easy come, easy go. But excessive gambling has ruined many marriages. <laughs> Yes, Fiona, it's me. Charles, where have you been all night? I waited up for you, but you didn't come home. I've got a confession to make. It's gone. Gone, gone, gone. I've lost everything. Everything is lost. Everything? Lost, lost, lost. <laughs> they were playing for 500 pounds a shoe. Shemmy, Charles. No. Strip poker. Is, is everything lost? Lost, yes. It's all gone on the turn of a card. Colonel Pilchard's won everything. Everything? Everything. Has the house gone? Yes, the house, the car, the business. And now you. Oh, Charles, what makes you think you've lost me? Well, he had a royal flush and I only had two pairs. <laughs> The harder you work and the more money you earn, the more tax you have to pay. Now, the only remedy is to get a good accountant. And when I was recommended to a firm that specialised in handling the accounts of show business people, I went along straight away. The sign on the door said, Boner Tax Consultants. Hello, anybody there? Oh, hello, I'm Julian. This is my friend Sandy. Oh, hello, Mr. Orr. Nice to bad you We you are your actual accountants. He's chartered. I'm certified. <laughs> What brings you trolling in here, then? Well, uh, I was recommended to yes. you by a show business acquaintance of mine. Oh! Yes, to be precise, the steam room attendant at the South Mims Gents de Pabal's Argogo. Oh! Gordon. <laughs> yeah, he uh, wishes to be remembered to you. Gordon? Yes, you remember him. He used to be in the wardrobe at Elstree. You know. <laughs> you know, Elstree. The studios. You remember oh. he had it embroidered on his coat. Oh. Gordon. Oh. You remember That's him? Gordon. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Anyway, he said you could help me with my tax return. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes, well, you'll have to let us guard your assets. You, yeah. know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you have to, really? Oh, it's essential. But yeah. it's in the strictest confidence. We're like doctors, aren't we, Jules? Oh, we never doctors. divulge. Never, never, never divulge. Never. We only ever use the information you give us in the preparation of your accounts okay. and occasionally for a bit of blackmail. Yeah. <laughs> well, all right, all right. Here are the details of my assets. Oh. We've got one of them. Oh, two of them. I got three actually. One's in my wife's name. Oh, we can't touch them. They're frozen. Frozen. <laughs> well, we could half on them. That you. <laughs> That's your gross turnover, is it? Yes. Very impressive, mm. isn't it? Tax man's going to be very hot on this. Mm. We'll have mm. to bump your claims up. Let's just think about your claims now. Mm. What about subscriptions? Aren't you a member of the Marine Commando Club, Paddington? <laughs> 
How do you know that? Mm, seen you up there, haven't we, Jules? Oh, what? Yes. <laughs> yes. Up there with that swarthy pallone. That's right. Oh, yes. Uh, with a gold tooth and a plastic flower in the rye. Yes, that's not all. Yes. That's not all in her rye. Now, if you're referring to, to Miss Fifi La Bootstrap... Yes, we are. She's a, she's a talented cabaret artiste. Ooh. Yes, I was helping her with her career. Oh, well, it's all right, Ducky. We've all got your number. Now, what can we put her down as? A momentary lap. No. <laughs> no, I mean tax-wise, heartface. <laughs> now then, stop it, you two. No, now, come on. <laughs> Now, look, did she buy you a drink, Mr Hall? Yes, why? Well, we'll claim her as a foreign buyer. Oh. Yeah, that's right. Now, what about dependents? How many dependents you got? Well, none to speak of. If you had some dependents, we could really bump your claims up. We could claim for their clothing, holidays, allowances, cars. Mm. Really make all the difference to your tax position. Well, I think we can get round it. Here, can you just sign these forms? All right. There we are. Now, what are they exactly? Adoption papers. Yes. Oh. Yes. Who have I adopted? Jewel and me. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. And I confidently expect that my tax worries are now over. After all, now I've got two homes to support. <laughs> now, what's the reverse of a bon bouche? Because that's what we've got now as I introduce rambling Sid Rumpo. Hello, me dearie Now then, what have you found in your gander bag for us this week? Well, I was leafing through a book of 18th century cheese sandwiches and I come across, <laughs> come across an old cord wangler's ditty. Now, there's a lot of talk about cord wangling these days, but very few people know what it actually is, and those that practice it don't like to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe in the old days an apprentice was bound to a cord wangler for several years. Yeah, but they stamped it out now because uh, it ruined the circulation. Oh, yeah. Anyway, the song tells of a cord wangler who gives his lady love several things to prove his devotion and goes after this fashion. <laughs> I gave my love a bogle but had no spring. I gave my love a moolly that didn't ring I gave my love a grunger that had no spout I gave my love a nadger without trying <laughs> How can there be a bogle that has no spring How can there be a moolly that doesn't ring How can there be a grunger without a spout how can you give a nadger without trying? <laughs> a bogle, when it's wangled, it has no spring. A mooly, when it's mangled, it doesn't ring. A grunger, when it's broken, it has no spout. Your nadger, when it's roasted, is most trying. 
And that brings us to the end of the show, except for a police message. Will Mr. Grizzly Lark's bodice, who left his home in Goat Harbour Lane, Greenock, at 9.30am on the 14th of March, 1741, <laughs> please get in touch with his wife immediately as the supper's getting cold. <laughs> and incidentally, this is a repeat of a message broadcast earlier. Cheerio, see you next week. That was Round the Horn, starring Kenneth Horn, with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden, and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden on the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman. The show is produced by John Simmons.